Hey, y'all, guess what time it is? It's the Grolic Saves the World time. All right, the Grolic Saves, saves the, world. the World. That's right. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. We're getting fixed. Our worries, our dicks, test has to kick. Well, the Grolic We're here. How the, the, the Grolic saves the world again? Come on, y'all! Welcome back, everybody. This feels good. I'm getting to intro the show because this never happens. I, of course, am Ben Roy. I'm Andrew Orvidal. I'm Adam Catenhall. You see how I, we made I'm Adam go last? That I <laughs> that I passed the baton. You botched the intro to the podcast, <laughs> and now you can just feel people tuning out already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're ready. I think I think everybody's pretty jazzed right now. I think they're ready to go. Don't, I think everybody's don't go into your rat race. That's right. your other podcast. You you're you mingling flavors. Yeah. What's the matter? Come on, we're crossing flavors. We're, we're mixing. We're making a Frankenstein. Anyway, how are you oh, both doing? God. What's going on? <laughs> I I was good until we started recording the podcast. I'll tell. <laughs> that right now we should tell the listeners what's going on about uh content pre-coronavirus and, and content this is now a pg podcast no 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 i don't think oh, that's what it means sorry. no andrew <laughs> not at all not at all it's, if anything it's more salacious 100 percent core baby all the time <laughs> right so everything from this episode on out is us in our separate homes um but yeah if it sounds a little different that's why we're we're in our separate so homes relax jesus you don't know what ron's pulling off behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> full Robo. quar full, yeah what's what's ron's name this robo episode? ron uh, quar, quar, wow you're uh, that ready to go how about quar quar banks <laughs> <laughs> quar quar banks ron it doesn't even incorporate his name <laughs> quar, quar banks. it's a title it's a cool wow. title it quar, is quar banks He's quar, quar banks ron is on the ones and twos making this sound as good as possible but if it's a little different don't throw down your headphones in disgust we're in our houses uh being right safe. what's everyone been up to well, I was going to tell you both this because I think it'll play really well into kind of a, a thing we could do. Adam has been pretty relentless with his ribbing of me for this, uh, which is I've been doing this reading for challenge. his pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing this. <laughs> this <laughs> Ribbed for Adam's pleasure. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, it was as if you wrote that last night. You had that just waiting. <laughs> yeah, he was... He I was like, I knew we were going to be podcasting, so I just was like, just a few lines. You know, so I like to have quick. them written and ready to go. You were so quick on that. Well, and he was also silent for about 20 seconds beforehand. So it's like he was like getting a running start, ready to dunk on Ben. And yeah, was, I had to back up. I had to uh, back up the old brain out of the alley. <laughs> um. Anyway, what have I been ribbing you for my pleasure, Ben? Uh, you've been ribbing me about my reading challenge because I, I set myself up with a, a New Year's resolution to read one book a week for the entire year. And so I've been posting about it and you've been like, we get it. <laughs> yeah, you, but, but I haven't been ribbing you publicly because sometimes I'll come at you online and just go right at you. Yeah, but, I'll uh, the dish this wall is, This has been a private, garbage. private ribbing. <laughs> a private ribbing pleasure. after dark? Nice. Yeah, after dark <laughs> okay. And you Andrew, just got it in public, so... <laughs> So I, I would argue if I'm just giving you shit personally, it doesn't qualify. But now you've brought it to the public sphere. Of the podcast. Yeah. No, I've been doing this. I've been sticking with this challenge and I've read, um, I you know, up until now, probably 
30 or so books so far this year. And uh, I've been trying to stick with it um, because I we do have the time to do this. And and it's a great fucking habit. Like, I'm, yeah, ribbing. Yeah, aside, yeah. Good, I, cool that's thing. why I know you're not like doing it publicly. You're just ribbing me because, you know, it's something you like. It to feels do good because it feels good. It feels good. <laughs> and it makes me feel Andrew, better about myself. Why don't you put that little notebook you jotted some of these ideas? <laughs> <laughs> it's ribbed because it feels good. He likes to, um, but anyway, so I, I've been thinking we should do a reading challenge. I, I, I think it's something we can do from where we're at. I think obviously there's no question as to whether or not, uh, any of us can read, right? That's well known fact. The Grolics can read and you can take that to the bank. We will prove it. You we'll name the it. city Anytime, and time. Any place. We'll fucking yeah. show up and we will prove we'll fuck you for saying otherwise. You can bring the book. We won't even rehearse ahead of time. Any um, book. Any I dare you, bring any book. We'll yeah, read it. Except Chekhov. I don't really understand Chekhov. I've I'm read afraid. in stark contrast to Ben's accomplishments, I've won, I've read one book this year. <laughs> what? That's like that's that's yeah. bad. Yeah, it's a slow book year for me. Let me guess, can I guess? Bible? Sure. The Bible. Oh, d- yeah, Natch, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I cover, mean cover to your, cover. But your defense, Andrew, that's like ten books in one. Yeah. So um, every Christmas morning, Andrew rises with the sun and reads the Bible front to back. That's his mm-hmm. annual book. And that's that's a gift that keeps on giving. But, well, but so what are you thinking, Ben? What do you got what do you got up your sleeve, bruh? I just the thing is that we're never reading the same thing, you know? Like because we all have different books. That we're yeah, we, we read. I mean, we all will occasionally share a book that we're into, but never at the same time. We've all read like Western books. <laughs> that's the yeah. one we can all agree on. Well, that's like something we can agree on. Andrew just lent me The Sun, um, which I'm about to read. Uh, and we've read a lot of the Adam, you gave me Sisters, Brothers. That that book was super amazing. We've also read historical narratives, but we've Killers never of the done Flower Moon. Yeah. We've never done one together, though, at the same time. Like a proper book club, you're, you're a proposing. book club. Just yeah. say it. Just say it, you fucking asshole. It's a book club. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just, I, I didn't read a lot uh, when I was younger. I oh, it shows. <laughs> like what part of it is showing good through? I don't know. The desperate posting of a book a week on social media, <laughs> insisting that you can read and when no one ever asked if you could tattoo on your arm. <laughs> ben, now, if you can I, read, guys, I could know, you scroll, are... <laughs> scroll your mark by this X. If you can read Ben, <laughs> I can read. I actually, you're a, a voracious reader, dude. You read more yeah. than anyone I know. I, but I'm I always read... recommending like junky TV shows to Ben and he's not interested. He's, yeah. he's I think it's it. because I'm insecure because when I was, Younger, I I didn't read a lot. I wrote more than I read because I was always playing bands and I wrote lyrics and things like that. But I and I read the books that I thought punk rockers were supposed to read. Like I read A People's History of the United States when I was like sixteen. I didn't. I don't know that I understood. Yeah, un- yeah, much yeah. Of it. You, you know like, what I mean? You feel like, like you should. Yeah, I read Noam Chomsky. I remember reading Daniel Quinn books because I thought these were the books you were supposed to read about how terrible the U.S. is and how awful we are as a species. That was kind of what I did, but I didn't read a lot of like 
fiction, novels, things like that. I'm still catching up. I grew up in the opposite situation. I grew up without TV. So if I wanted to experience any pop culture shit, I had to read the novelization. So I remember kids at school talking about Terminator 2 and I had just read the fucking paperback novel no, adaptation. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like that. That part was crazy. And since I only saw it in my imagination my details would inevitably be like weirdly wrong yeah (laughs) show me in the book where it says hasta la vista baby i couldn't find that part (laughs) it was so sad so you read wait a second andrew you read terminator 2 the novel (laughs) dude anything any kind of like movie novelization i would just churn through it yeah, I'd, I'd get him at the grocery store because I that was I could I didn't we didn't have a TV. I didn't have any way to. And then you had to bury him in the backyard and hide him from your mom and pa. <laughs> Wait, so how did the novelization of Terminator 2 yeah. turn, hold up? Was it good? No, they were never like as good. It was just kind of like a dry recount of the movie, you know? <laughs> Dude. Alien 3, I remember reading the novelization for Alien 3. <laughs> that uh, is so sad and amazing. I love you imagining Arnold Schwarzenegger's character as like looking like Emeril Lagasse and just being like so so disappointed when he when he showed up on screen when you finally saw it. I, I knew what he looked like. I'd like, you know, I saw the movie posters. I wasn't like completely but you know, people by the normally sniff the posters. Com- when they're comparing books and movies are like, oh, well, that book is so much better. I was always the opposite where when I would finally get to see these movies, I'd be like, wow, this movie was so much better. <laughs> Dude, I love how you were like, you were like, I saw the movie posters. I wasn't an idiot. Like, I just imagine you with fingerless gloves and your hands pressed against the window of a movie theater. <laughs> and he's so sun, he's so sunburnt for some reason. He's very sunburnt. Uh, guys, I had fried chicken. I used to climb on the roof of a KFC and sniff the vents. <laughs> Dude, that's, I think I'm, I'm super self like, especially around you, Adam, because I knew, I know you grew up reading a lot. No, actually I didn't. Like I grew up reading a lot of comic books and, and in my school I went to, which I've talked Dude, about such a terrible place. so cool. Jeez. Well, not, no, not cool comic books. Like fucking... Garfield and Archie and like <laughs> oh, just any comics, comic comics, strips, comic I, but I also strips. read Calvin and Hobbes and the far side. Those are my favorites, but like <sighs> any comic strip, I loved those. I love comic strips, but then my school also forced books down our throat. They had us read the catcher in the rye when we were in like fifth grade. And I was like, I don't understand this. So I kind of just like stopped books. And then in high school, I had a great teacher and I started reading like crazy and have kept reading since. But it took me till about 10th grade to be like, I like books. Yeah. What, what was a book from that time that you read that still sticks with you? Uh, he gave me like that book, Things Fall Apart by Chinoa Achebe. That was a great fucking book. Yeah. And he also, he also like, this is so cliche, but I got into like beatnik shit because I was a teenager and read On the Road. And he's like, oh, this is all, this all happened in Denver. And so that got me real into that. So I like went down the Kerouac You were super hole. into that because I remember one of the first books you recommended to me when we started hanging out was sometimes a great notion. Yeah, that's Ken Kesey's second book. That shit fucking rules. It's yeah. a hard book. It's a hard book, but it was great. great. It was really yeah. great. And yeah, I like I like them beats. I like Ken Kesey a lot. Andrew, what, what like what do you have? You guys read? read the novel Die Hard, an adaptation <laughs> by Alan Dean Foster. <laughs> 
<laughs> Please tell me you actually read the novel of Die Hard. No, I did not. And I don't what even other know movies exists, did you read the novelizations of? There so many. Like I'd have to compile a list. But this if is it was Three like, Ninjas, the novel. If it was like a science fiction movie, I told read from it. the perspective of Tum Tum. Yeah. <laughs> Whether like Event Horizon? Did you read Event Horizon? No. Novel? At that point, I was old enough. I remember renting the video cassette for Event Horizon because I was living on my own. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's the most insane thing I've heard about you, Andrew. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. No, No, we had our house got burgled when I was very young and they stole the television and we never bought another one for a long time. (laughs) Oh, God. And then this is just getting bleaker and bleaker all the time. Well, wait, just wait. So we eventually... My parents bought a tiny black and white television. This was definitely in the age of color television. Let me head off your fucking 1940s jokes right now. This is Did like, you have to, was it was it coin operated? It was a little <laughs> we know black and white television, and they would keep it in the garage. We weren't allowed to watch it, but at special <laughs> occasions like our birthday or Christmas, or if we had like a friend spend the night, they'd bring it into the house. We had to let it warm up to room temperature. And then we turn it on, and I would be fucking fascinated by this little black and white TV. And I would have friends come over to spend the night from school, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, like let's watch TV." And they'd, they'd be like, "Dude, this everything about this is the saddest thing." They're like, "I don't want to watch your tiny shitty black and white TV." Oh my <laughs> god! Like, oh my god! Andrew. It's Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking terrible fucking show. And these poor friends of mine from school, they'd want to like play. They'd be like, let's play Legos. Let's play fucking G.I. Joe's. And I'd be like, like, you don't understand. No. This is all the time I get. Yeah, this is like every six months I get this peak into television. <laughs> Holy shit. Andrew, Holy shit. This is, this is. The sad, your Dickensian upbringing will forever be a source of of gold uh, for us because I didn't. You've never told us that, and no, I, feel I never like knew you, any of this. You've buried oh. the lead truthfully. Yeah, this is the this is the most interesting thing about you. I I thought this was common knowledge. No, no. <laughs> you thought we knew that you had a TV in your garage that you had to warm up to room temperature. Uh, Andrew, did your family all gather around it when you learned that Kennedy was shot? <laughs> no, we wouldn't have done that. I he was already headed you off happened. from those old jokes. You're too late. <laughs> I already told you this was the 80s, early 90s. Okay, would, sorry. Andrew sorry. was out with his friends because he was 17 when that happened. So no. <laughs> I feel I heard he was sniffing around Dallas at the time. <laughs> But boy, we should... we'd go we'd go to our grandma's and not only did she have a color television that was proper sized and always indoors <laughs> she had cable tv and we would sit down there from the moment we woke up to the time when we fell asleep on the couch just binging fucking color tv airwolf riptide oh my god <laughs> Fucking, you, know you best... can't do that on television? Double Dare? Oh, oh man. for sure. You can't do that on television. Barf's Burgers. Remember that? Barf's yeah. Burgers. Yeah. yeah. The, my, perhaps, perhaps the saddest part 
of that whole rant that Andrew just went on uh-huh. that we somehow just flew over was when he goes, and they would only bring it in for special occasions. I know. Like Christmas or Easter or when or a birthdays. friend stayed over. <laughs> like, like a sleepover was, was given the same pomp and circumstance <laughs> as the day Jesus was born. <laughs> Andrew, this is like heartbreaking. I'm sorry to laugh so hard at this, but man, oh man! Oh god, were your parents, Andrew? Did your were your parents readers? Did they? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, judging by yeah, that, my laugh. dad, my dad has always been a a big reader. He's always always been working on a book, basically ever since I've known him for sure. The same, the same book. No, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty dense. Um, no, like he's Still always working. working Amelia Bedelia. He's always um, working on a on a different. He's like I'll a huge get, World War II history buff. I've never seen anyone read not. more about World War II history than my dad. It's the most dad shit of all time. Yeah, that that is very dad shit. And then my mom, not not as much reading. She's more into like gardening and cooking and that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating trip down but the Orvidel. My one Orvidel of my favorite well. memories, Adam, of your dad, because I know your parents. I mean, your mom was a, a journalist, right? And yeah, all she does is read all day, every day. Yeah, and your dad proudly exclaimed one day that he had read enough books in his lifetime, and he wasn't going to read anymore. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wow. That's He's, what you want to hear out of your attorney. <laughs> prompted this. I, I, he, he reads all sorts of shit. I, like, when did he just announce his he and feud I were talking with literature? And he just, I forgot exactly what what led to that, but he was like, "I've read so many books in my life, and I, I don't think I'm going to read anymore." <laughs> well, if you he uh, he hysterically combs over articles from CNN and the Guardian daily, bro. <laughs> Well, that's because my my parents, my dad reads a lot. My stepmother, especially as well. She reads more than any person I, I know. My mom, I remember every night used to always read from the Bible. I would come in and my mom would be reading the Bible. She would read it over and over again. And I was like, oh, doesn't that get Little House on the Prairie? Yeah. Did you ever check it? Are you sure she didn't have a uh, gun hidden in there? Like, carved out perfectly. <laughs> she's just, she's just like she's ripping just kind of Bible verses while she's staring at a gun. Yeah, just like just, stroking it. Just thinking about wasting the entire family. You know, yeah, you know who, you, who knows what she's thinking right. about, but you could have had a gun hidden in there. <laughs> That's no, grim. Jesus. But the rest of the time, she she used to read like kind of trashy romance novels. I remember them being around the house. My mom read like Danielle Steele and things like that. Puke. And, and but I think that that's arrogant. Like Andrew was talking about, like work. Yeah, I'm I arrogant. Can... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know Catch about up. my brand. I had my I, th- I had my agency send over a brand portfolio. You were supposed to read before no, we I did mean, this I podcast. Ha- haughty arrogance by Adam Caton Holland. It's a brand, <laughs> but I think it's funny because I was thinking about that. I was talking to my mom. We were talking about books. My mom still reads a lot. And even my dad and I judged them a lot. And even Andrew had that bit about Fifty Shades of Grey where he was shitting all over it. But much like other challenges we've done, I think we're discounting not everybody. I mean, these books sell 50 million copies worldwide. I mean, the idea that all these people are stupid. And I often make that- 
<laughs> Do I need to tell you how many people voted for Trump, bro? Like I'm not trying to <laughs> jump no, in I'm the Adam, water and wear that MAGA advertisers. hat. Adam, but stop. but but wait a second. But think about it. Is the question is is reading at its worst, even if you're reading garbage, still better than watching garbage TV? You know what I mean? Are you still actively improving yourself if you're picking up a book and reading and stuff? Okay, so that's television? a. I'll entertain that that's question. That's interesting. I mean, you are know, we comparing? Is it garbage books versus garbage TV, or garbage book versus any TV? <laughs> that's a really good. That's a really good. And oh. what type of TV is it? A black and white in the garage, or like a nice flat screen? <laughs> Andrew, don't blow it. A cathode ray tube. <laughs> Let yourself properly heat up before this conversation. No, I mean if, that's apples to apples. Bad books is is better than bad TV. That's uh, what I'm saying. Fifty Shades of Grey is better than Real Housewives for your. But brain. how do you? Did you read Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I didn't read Fifty Fucking Shades of Grey, Ben. So how do you know it's bad? You've not seen the movie. You've not read I've, the book. I've read a portion of it, and it is truly bad. It's yeah, yeah but you read a, like it's one bad page. writing. It's not. Even forgetting the subject matter, it's a bad book. <laughs> yeah, but what happens? All those people that read it, that loved it, you're in essence kind of insulting them when they took time to read this book. I think- yeah, it's well, on my should, album. I, and here's I, my proposition for this challenge. I think we should read together, Grolic's Book Club, read one of these books that's always just ripped apart as one of the worst books in history- and we come together and we discuss it <laughs> next week. Okay, listen, listen. I'm going to accept your challenge, but I want to say something. Yeah. There, Life is short. There are stacks and stacks of brilliant books we'll never get to read. And I resent that this podcast is being like, <laughs> is becoming, hey, let's dummy ourselves down to what everyone's doing. And that betters us somehow. I resent not, the direction this podcast is taking. First of all, I object to the challenge. You're, you're missing. You're missing. Can we the institute point? yellow cards in this podcast? I'm <laughs> issuing one yellow card and a second yellow card. You're out of the fucking game. <laughs> yeah, but think of how much more delicious good books will be after you've ingested a bad one. Yeah, think about how much better a jog is once you let a mule <laughs> kick you in the head. <laughs> Hey, if you're lucky to jog after that, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, 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 what is the challenge then? Just all right, read all right. a stupid fucking book. That's yeah, the challenge. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you think about it, uh, we kind of already did it with the movies. Now you're groaning, but we did it with the movies. We were arrogant. That's I, true. I'll admit those movies ruled. Yeah. Okay. Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for you that you had to watch cool shit. But Adam and I came into this. Thinking, I hate this movie, and I'd never seen them. I I, I made fun of the Fast and the Furious. Now I no, live- we were we were haters with three Z's, and <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and now we're very on board. I know exactly. We live our lives one quarter mile at a time. I have one hundred percent. So let's take that same nitro fueled mayhem <laughs> into the world of books. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a fucking GTO careening into a library right yeah, now, dude. What do you got? <laughs> Tokyo drift right through the plate glass window, the Arapaho County Library. <laughs> There's there is no sweeter NOS in the world than an Anne Rice novel, bros. <laughs> no, but here's what I'm saying. I say we pick a book franchise that we 
would never be caught dead reading, you know, I mean, and read uh. one of them. <laughs> no, Adam, it's a great idea. You'll probably come out loving this. And my suggestion is because my wife and her sisters were obsessed with this and would never tell anybody, I think we should read Twilight. Just the first oh, one. No. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I don't oh. think we should have to read all of them. I just think we should have to read the first one. And I think <laughs> Jesus I think it's really funny. And I think we read this book. Now here's Oh the God. Thing. We all right, only got it. Give each other six days to do it. You have to have read it. Cool. <laughs> and I think we're gonna come back. I think we're gonna love this shit. I no. think my ex Maybe made don't. me watch the movie, so y'all are gonna have to think of a quiz to make sure no, I read exactly. this fucking piece exactly. of shit. Because I can already see Andrew fucking trying to bail on this. So if you don't read it, Grolic's honor, you have to read the second book and give us a book report. Exactly. Oh God. Yes. Oh, so that's now, the fucking rule. And that's it. You uh, you'll keep upping it. And Andrew, this is aimed at you because I know Adam will do it. <laughs> Andrew. You're the one that's giving the most guff on this. If you do not mm-hmm. do this, I'm going to fuck you up. You have oh, to re- oh, yeah? you, you can't leave your house to come get me, dipshit. <laughs> oh, I'll violate every shelter in place law. That's essential travel. It's his exercise to go <laughs> kick your ass. You have to read it. If you don't, you have to read one and two and report back the following episode. Yeah. I love it. That's a fair chat. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so why don't we do that? We're going to go ahead. uh, We're going to take a quick break. uh, And through the magic of podcasting in six days, we will have come back. And we would have all three read the first uh, in the series of the of the Twilight books. In the meantime, Andrew and I, I hate giving Andrew credit for anything. You know this, Adam. He has a great bit he had. It is very funny about the Fifty Shades of Grey. When did you record this, Andrew? Uh, gosh, it's got to be 22, 23 years now. I'd say. It's <laughs> oh, so when, so when you were in your forties, that's cool. It's on my first. It's on my first <laughs> album. Hit the dick lights. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so we're going to listen to Andrew Orbital and uh, we'll be back right after this. I was on a uh, flight recently and the woman sitting next to me was reading a book on her iPad. So I was also reading her book on her iPad because that's how I prefer to read on planes. Even if I bring my own reading material, if you're reading next to me, that's what I want to read. Like <laughs> Danielle Steele, let's get into this. <laughs> Turn the page. I'm done. No. (laughs) Reading over your shoulder. But I like reading over other people's shoulders for the same reason I hate it when they read over my shoulder, and that's because I'm judging them while I'm reading it. I'm like, really? Bon appetit? I don't even think you could make macaroni and cheese. Come on. Be serious here. But this woman is reading a book, and as I'm reading, I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'm like, this is garbage. Like, this is the worst thing I've ever read over anyone's shoulder. And my first thought was like, oh, she must have like a daughter in high school who like wrote a book for a project and she's like proofreading it. That must be what this is. And then I was reading more and I was like, it's kind of like adult subject matter. I don't think this is a high schooler's book. Maybe she wrote this book as just like a fun project and she's just reading her own shitty writing. That's probably what it is. But then I looked up and I saw the title and I was totally wrong on both counts. It's a real book, a super popular book called Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was like, what, this is that book? Because I like, I knew that that was a popular book, but I thought it was like a reasonably well-written popular book, you know? Not just like complete garbage. I want to show the excerpt with you that blew my brains open right there on the plane. And forgive me if I don't get every word 
perfect and butcher the prose because it's pretty beautiful. Here's, here's the ex- excerpt. I'll try to do it without laughing, which is impossible. His, His voice was warm and husky like dark melted chocolate fudge caramel. Or something. Or something? You're the fucking author! You get to decide what that or something is. That's part of your job while writing a book. Like she's just sitting there writing. Like his voice was like, I'm hungry for dessert. What does a voice sound like? Nah, you'll figure it out. I wish the rest of the book was written in that style too. Like he lived in a house or an apartment. I'm not really sure. My imagination isn't that strong. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so through the magic of podcasting, it's been a week. And of course, this was (laughs) probably my challenge or quote unquote, my fault, if you will. But uh, we were tasked, I I tasked us all with reading Twilight, which of course is the contemporary 2008 novel that became a worldwide. Very topical, very topical. Became a worldwide sensation though. You can't deny it. And the first book was huge. It was a massive book. It's a tawdry love story about a mortal girl falling in love with a with a vampire who wants to eat this human being. 500 pages of pure magic. First off, let me just ask you, did you both finish this book? Sadly, yes. As I will admit, we had to push the recording of this because it took me so long. <laughs> reading this book, reading this book was like, driving down like a rutted pockmarked like dirt road like there was I couldn't get into any rhythm I had to just sit there and force myself to read it like and I read some junky stuff I will freely admit I'll I'll pick up like a pulpy science fiction or horror paperback in an airport bookstore I've got no Oh yeah we that. call you pulpy drew that's what we've been calling you for. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought that was about orange juice, and now I realize. Well, now okay. it's a double entendre. Uh, <laughs> pulpy true. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how you both procured your books. I noticed you both had physical copies. Ben, I think you already had one in the house. Adam probably supported his local bookstore. I was going to go to Target and buy a copy, but as just an aside, we're recording this during quarantine. We're not supposed to be going anywhere that isn't essential. So I was like, what will this cashier at Target think? They're risking their own health. They're risking their family's uh, health just being exposed to this. When this 40-something man comes through purchasing <laughs> only a copy of Twilight. <laughs> like, I would kill me. I would murder me right there at the <laughs> check stand with whatever was handy. Uh, so I didn't. I bought it on my iPad. And my only regret 
is that I couldn't hurl my iPad into my fireplace when I was done reading it. That was what I was sad about. I feel like I hated this book more than you two, I think, based on our chats about it. And I think it's because as like a fledgling fiction writer myself, like I've done the NaNoWriMo challenge like seven times. I've written seven bad novels in the month of November. I've written collections of short stories. Like bad writer recognizes bad writer. So to be reading this like cultural phenomenon, be like, this is like a NaNoWriMo quality novel that this she's her net worth is now $125 million. Now she can write whatever she wants and people would lap it up. It is just this terrible, terrible book. And then I, so I did some research into it. She said, she said she got the idea for the, novel from a dream well that's where most good ideas come from andrew exactly exactly that's why my idea about the robot version of me whose teeth are falling out (laughs) it's gonna be a hit this is the new young adult (laughs) but what's hilarious so she's like she comes up with this this amazingly creative idea of this love triangle uh, between werewolves, vampires, and this woman in 2003 is when she wrote it. Oh, what else came in out in 2003? Oh, only the movie Underworld starring Kate Beckinsdale, which is a Bro, vampire werewolf gotta, love triangle. You're, you're spreading mistruths. The love triangle does not occur in the first fucking okay, No, I know, but I know that it exists. No, I know it exists. And it introduces the werewolves. It introduces the werewolves. Oh my God. Okay, so listen. I'm you're skipping trying... ahead. I'm skipping ahead a little okay, bit. Okay, so Andrew, <laughs> you're pissing so, me off with what you're doing. So Andrew loved it. Adam, did you? <laughs> Adam, did you finish the book? I finished the book so fast. I would say two days, three days. We are on quarantine. I had very little to do, but I. It's like my. It's like I've been eating healthy for a month. Right. And then someone's like, here's an old country buffet and you have two hours and the staff isn't even there. There's no one to judge you. Go eat whatever the fuck you want. And I just ripped through mashed potatoes and different types of pies. I got sick. I laid you down your, for a minute. You put your mouth on the soft serve machine, like just lips on the nozzle. I rested. I took shifts and came back for more food. It was disgusting. And I hated myself and it, but I, I did it. I really Adam. Went- Whole hog. Adam sent us a picture of him reading it in the tub, and we're adding a new <laughs> Patreon level tier $100 a month. You yep. just get that photograph. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so sure. What were your initial thoughts on it? Like, just to- look, it's a, but I, I do want to say, while I had a no problem reading it, I, I, it's garbage. I hated it. It's trash. I do not wish to go <laughs> further in this book. And as a, I like to consider myself a pretty decent. You're a great writer. writer. The book out yeah. there. I'm so, I'm so jealous of her numbers. <laughs> mad at society. <laughs> what, what about, uh, what about her numbers upset you with relation to your novel? <laughs> yeah, you wrote such a quality book, Adam. Like oh, I can't dude, imagine. I- her books total have sold a hundred million copies. So, I mean, to be fair, it's a, it's. The, I did think the twist on the vampire narrative, like I've heard, you know, we all know the tales of vampires, but I've not heard a take where it's like, oh, these vampires have trained themselves to eat animals to satisfy the bloodlust, so they can exist amongst humans. All right, interesting idea. I, a good seed of a new take on the vampire thing. But then she just shat all over it with like soap opera trash. 
I couldn't stand it. And the first quarter of it is all about Edward gaslighting Bella. It's like unhealthy. He's like, he's like, hey, I kind of, I like, I'm interested in you vaguely. Psych, I'm going to fucking kill you for 20 pages. <laughs> you piece of shit. You're trash. And she's like, oh, my heart's a flutter. Like, don't let high school girls read this. They're going to, like, seek this out in May. And it's so damaging. I I was thinking I would let my daughter read it when I was done. I was like, well, at least I'll get double duty out of this book. I'm like, not in this house. Not, not oh, in, Andrew. Not you don't think it's a good thing to teach your daughter that it's all right for her boyfriend to watch her sleep. You don't think that that's <laughs> to come in and always be around whenever he wants to be just around. The, oh my God. My, my problem with it. I, so uh, when I was reading it, the first 12 chapters of this book, it was like running a marathon on a treadmill is the easiest way. <laughs> the most God awfully boring. There's, there's, there's no uh, scenery of any kind. There's no texture. It's just you're in your basement guest room, tucked in the corner, running 26.2 <laughs> miles on your fucking treadmill just to say you did it. I, 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 I disagree. You said there's no texture, no description. <clears throat> Page eight. <laughs> okay. Everything was green. There's trees, <laughs> their trunks covered with moss. Their branches hanging with a canopy of it, it being moss, the ground covered with ferns. And get this, even the air filtered down greenly through the leaves. It was too green. It's three times the word green was used in three sentences. And you don't think this is good writing? What's funny is, what's funny to me. Hey, Stephanie, how did the air filter down? Would you describe it as greenly? You know, the way air filters, you piece of shit. And no one's buying Tragedy Plus Time by Simon and Schuster. But here's the, here's, here's the funniest. Jesus. Oh, my God. There was so much. Now, you take a, oh take a writer, and granted, he could be the greatest living author right now, arguably, because he's still alive. You take Cormac McCarthy, who can spend four pages describing a fence knot and not use the same <laughs> word twice. <Yeah. laughs> and then she uses a paragraph to describe an entire region and uses the word green three <laughs> times. Like that's, I read it. I read an interview with Stephen King where, because, because uh, these books were coming out at the same time, a lot of people compared yeah, Stephanie Meyer to, and JK Rowling because of their sales. And Stephen King was like, the difference is, J.K. Rowling can write, and Stephen King, yeah. Stephen King ripped Stephanie Meyer apart. Page, <clears throat> page okay. fifteen. Uh, this is Bella saying she's she's surmising the new reading list from the new class she she's taking. I kept my eyes down on the reading list the teacher had given me. It was fairly basic. <laughs> Bronte, Shakespeare, Chaucer, Faulkner. I'd already read everything. That's fucking Stephanie Meyer. That's Stephanie Meyer calling Faulkner basic. And I fuck, fuck you so hard. If you've hard. ever read, Here's, I read The Sound and the Fury. There is nothing basic about Faulkner. And I, if any high school student actually read that book and was like, Psh, I shit Faulkner. I I would consider myself, you guys know, I read 
a lot. And I would say that for the first 50 pages of the first Faulkner book I read, I had no clue where I was. I didn't know where the novel was set. I had no fucking clue. Oh, sure, sure. No, he's, he's it's very fucking and, insane. And, and so to be like, yeah. oh, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. But my problem with it is I hate gimmicks. I, I, when I read this, I read it in about four days, I would say. And the comic who puts his hand in people's mouths <laughs> hates gimmicks. Listen, I'm flipping the game on its head and you guys can say what right. you want. But listen, the problem was I was reading afterwards. She wrote chapter 13 first because she thought that was poetic or something. She woke up from the dream. Dude had to put quill pen to, to parchment. <laughs> So, so so she writes 13 through the end of the book, which I will say to her credit from that point to the end of the book, it is more action packed. There is more happening in the novel, but then sure, it, it takes off at the end. It's, it's, it's a crescendo right. of action. And, but she did all that. And then she was like, well, now I got to write 12 chapters leading up to this. And the first 12 chapters. Time to get Bella a crappy truck. (laughs) (laughs) And so much descriptions of her breakfast, like of what. And that's what. (laughs) And there was an odd, like, I don't, there was this weird cockiness in Bella. The character was very inconsistent. She'd be shy and like, oh, I'm awkward. But then she'd be arrogant at, at one turn. Like, and the way she described breakfast, I don't know why Stephanie Meyer thinks this is cool. But on numerous occasions, <laughs> Bella like didn't have time for breakfast, so just like a working class garbage man dad <laughs> would chug uh, orange juice or milk on the way out the door, <laughs> like, like no time for this bullshit. You guys, blah, blah, you blah, blah, guys blah, don't blah. mind if I and make like, this barf bomb at light speed in my stomach? Do you? <laughs> it was just weird. She's also the, the first time I was like, okay, she's in a hurry, but like repeatedly, this is the way that's that her Bella. Trait. She's a deep character, dude. You don't understand the extra dimension. So much descriptions of the food she was making for the dad. Like I made chicken enchiladas. I don't give a fuck what. That's straight out of Dean Arcoons. Dean Arcoons does that shit too. He's like, how can I dress up this paint by numbers 46th book I've written (laughs) by describing the meals in very specific detail, which are probably clearly the meals that he ate while writing the book. (laughs) Well, and then. It's just, it's so, I don't know, man. The inconsistencies are what bothered me. Like she's this girl from a broken home, basically cooking for her dad, living on her own, essentially in one page. Then the next page, she's like, but I'm also a klutz and I trip all the time and can't do volleyball. And you're like, what the fuck? I started calling it, this is a, I started calling it diary of a wimpy kid. (laughs) That's the thing is her klutziness got to a level where she was like, then we played badminton and I damn near knocked myself out with the racket. Like, whether you fucking, well, they had to up Edward to save her life in those moments. Ridiculous excuse of falling down the stairs and through a window at the end could possibly add up like as long as i can set up that amount of klutziness at the end they'd be like yeah this is the kind of shit she and does ben i didn't know she wrote it backwards like that and i was thinking and, and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read this i'm gonna reveal the ending but at the ending they get into that epic fight with that guy in the dance studio they go to her old house james. and then they go to this dance studio james and they destroy the dance studio and they but they introduce that dance studio 
one chapter earlier, it's like, oh, also, she used to go to this dance studio when she was a kid. She could have planted the dance studio in chapter one when she's leaving Phoenix. Yeah. So it has some sort of significance. Right, for right, right, right. That exactly. you come back to at the end. And it's like, oh, of course, the fucking dance studio that meant everything to her. Nope. It's just like casually introduced a scene before they How go about, to it. I, like That's such shit. How many of you? And it's still my numbers are so oh, far. Wait, wait, wait. My, how many of you? How I had this thought because Stephanie Meyer is Mormon that I thought after reading that part that this whole book was just a vehicle for a Mormon to finally be able to burn down a dance studio. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like foot. It's footloose. The sequel. It's just so cathartic. Uh, let's talk about the scene I hated the most in the I, book. I'm going to. I'm not going to say what it is. Possibly one of the stupidest scenes ever imagined. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, before you say it, all, before you say it, Andrew. I think I know what it is. And if you're a listener or you know Andrew Orvidal well, you know what he's going to say from a personal standpoint. Well, let me preface it by saying, for me, by far the most interesting part of the book was Phil's minor league baseball career. <laughs> Any mention of it, I was like, yes, this is what I want to be reading about. Can we please swing the entire plot to Phil's struggle as a minor league ball player? I was That's actually so giving, fucking funny. I was actually giving Stephanie a little credit for making him a minor league ball player. I was like, that's an interesting profession and that's a hard life. Like, okay, well maybe she has something interesting going on, but then she takes that trust and throws it out the window <laughs> with a vampire baseball game. Yes. Vampires are using their superpowers to play this ridiculous game of baseball. The bases are, are spread super far apart and they're like blasting the ball and they, <laughs> They can only play in yep. thunderstorms because yep. it's so loud when they hit the ball. They have to disguise <laughs> the sound of thunderstorms. It's so just the idea of itself is dumb. But then it becomes clear, like, I don't think Stephanie has ever been to a baseball game. First of all, <laughs> one of the vampires is refereeing the game. There's no referee in baseball. It's a fucking umpire, Stephanie. Yep. Uh, yep. And then the vampires are using an aluminum bat to hit the, the baseball, and it sounds like thunder cracking. Anybody who's ever heard somebody rip one off an aluminum bat knows it'd be like, kaponk, like it would be, <laughs> it doesn't sound like thunder at all. It sounds like a metallic, like, pinging. It would be like, ka-ping, and people would think. Also, I love these dudes have endless strength, and they're like, hey, go down to Gart Sports and get me an <laughs> aluminum bat. They should rip a fucking branch off an oak tree and demolish demolish a home run. Yeah, why aren't they playing oh with, like, large rocks, you know, as the baseball? But it did make, it did make me they think. They should play with the medicine ball, and then it would be like softball, and it would be they could actually play on, a, like, a regulation diamond instead of having to play up in the mountains. It did uh, make me think that maybe some of our greatest baseball players are in fact vampires. <laughs> I think I think uh, Dennis Eckersley is definitely a vampire. Look at him; like he would suck your blood in the night for sure. Kirby Puckett, I think, is a vampire. Yeah. That's why he could jump so yeah. high. And Jose Canseco's definitely but, a vampire. Those but I mean, Jose is clearly seven hundred years old. But you don't get a brain <laughs> like that without putting in some serious centuries. But the only reason I would even consider watching the movie is to see this baseball scene oh, done because oh, it's so oh, fucking bad. Oh. My mind must have like over 
overwrote those files because I don't remember that scene in the movie, but I was oh, subjected buddy, to the movie. Buddy, I watched the movie after <laughs> I finished the book. I watched it two days ago. And the baseball You're such a masochist. The baseball game is appalling. It is. And the other <laughs> thing that's appalling is okay, I will say this. One of the parts that did not bother me as much was the idea that vampires can be out in the sunlight, that that's bullshit. The only reason they can't be, they choose not to, is because their skin is translucent and it sparkles, which is kind of lame, whatever. But I like the excuse that they can be out. <laughs> the sp- yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I've, in my Dungeons and Dragons games, the vampires can be out in the sunlight. Yeah. They're just not as powerful. Right. Yeah, the, definitely. the sparkling in okay. the movie was laughably stupid. Like it's, <laughs> it. I mean, I was watching it howling laughing at this. How ri- fucking ridiculous. It just turns into like, they're all covered in body glitter and shit like that. And I kept watching the movie thinking, It was really an issue, two things with the movie. One, it's a sad statement on your book when your movie is nearly an exact replica of your book. All the good parts from the book are in the movie. That is a sad take. It means that 500 pages could be condensed down to a 90-minute movie, which is never a good sign. It it reads as fast as a script. Like It reads as, yeah, it's very quick. Uh, The other part... I thought, too, that the director was meh. Think of how much you could have livened up Twilight as a movie if you would let Larry Clark direct it. Now, really think about it. <laughs> now, if you'd let the dude from from Kids and from Spring Breakers direct. Gummo? No, he didn't do Gummo. Harmony Corinne did Gummo. Oh, he didn't? Gummo. Oh, God, but yeah, from yeah, Kids yeah. and Spring Breakers and various other internationally banned movies, if you had made this book done by a guy as provocative of that you know now the vampires are fucking bank robbers and uh they take too much ecstasy and they're all 14 years old for real in real life then it would have been a much more interesting movie remember when she's walking around that sea town and those guys are like following her around 20 somethings yeah 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 (laughs) and 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 then like edward swoops in his car and picks her up and has to like contain his rage because he could see what they were going murdering to murdering them fucking have him go on a vampire murder rampage yeah. like that's a fun that's a fun Wait, edward's not but gonna no, leave you no, she, she didn't want to give us any action even uh with james in the in the dance studio where she's like oh like like she clearly didn't want the spectacle of of like vampire on on vampire and that's uh combat. and that's where we get to my number one flaw with the book is the author. Yep. Stephanie Meyer's religion is too much of a problem for this. This book didn't have any violence because she's Mormon. It doesn't have any sex because she's Mormon. It doesn't have any drug use because she's Mormon. Like, it takes... This is a book about the undead and occult and shit like that, and you take the most puerile group of people on the planet to write about it and what you get is this ivory soap version of something that should be a fucking violent blood fuck fest and it turns into complete <laughs> milk toast crap yeah it's very it's extremely like purity ring chastity hotness of like 
him just sitting there like clenching his fist like so hard like yeah. oh, can't even it's it's <laughs> extremely uh youth group summer camp vibes that, uh i also sure. i i just love also the unhealthy lessons for adolescent girls left and right like it just seems like these weird fixations like ed she edward really wanted her to eat and she'd always like he wouldn't eat but he would watch her eat and it was just like is there there's an eating disorder in this Bella character brewing, just fucking eat. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, just like the vamp- vampires at high school, they would sit there with their untouched food, unopened sodas, and then just walk over and casually throw them away like day after day. It was like, it was like a weird projection of like being beautiful. Well, yeah. And like and not eat- and like, eating and not having to like touch your food. And it yeah. was just- it wouldn't weird. be strange if it wasn't referenced 25 fucking Well, and times. also, and I like, mean, this age difference that is seemingly never addressed at any point throughout it. This guy was born in the 1700s and he's dating a 17-year-old girl. And at no point was anybody like, ah, that seems kind of problematic as well well listen we we all clearly have a million opinions no on he this, was born line, in he was born in 19 and uh oh that's that's right he had the spanish flu he's not he's only yeah don't don't you're right he, <laughs> don't besmirch edward's name he's only 118 years old listen the only way i'm bottom, gonna tolerate that is if he's an oil or a newspaper like an oil or a media tycoon dating a woman that age that's the only time it's <laughs> all right but i mean i think of <laughs> bottom line i'm giving it 10 out of 10 backward caps from boy crazy love twilight can't get enough of it <laughs> Really eager to get into book we number two. A, we should Thanks do a for boy the crazy uh, Jacob versus Edward. Um, oh, we should do a Robert Pattinson boy crazy for <laughs> Max Scherzer's. Oh, man. are you kidding? All right. As an asterisk, I know we've gone in, we've gone in hard in the paint on Stephanie Meyer, but I, I think it is cool that she like wrote the book like that. In, in that, it is cool. Like it's like people should be doing things like. I like hearing about people's projects and like creative. People should be doing things. <laughs> no, like, like I like, you know, it's like, why not? Instead of just like consuming things and never like creating anything. It's like, it is cool that people, the Grolix, but the Grolix saves the world. People should be doing things. <laughs> yeah, people should no it's cool no, when I, people I, create it. I read that I, cause I even read like the publishing history and apparently She'd sent it to a bunch of publishers and they were like, no, 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 no. And then one publisher, there was like an assistant who read it or like looked over the submission and she was inexperienced and she didn't know any better. So she like sent it up the line and to, it was like that publishing house didn't deal in like long form submissions. from Anyway, she basically snuck in like a side door that had been propped open and that's basically the the road to that book getting and that's getting well by. and here's the thing i will say i in reading about it this if you watched those who can't we had an episode where adam's character lauren wrote a book called the turgid dawn and yes i did which even not in existence is better than <laughs> but i will say that this was a turgid dawn situation for stephanie meyer she wrote this book not intending it to be a YA novel. That was not her intention. She did not, she thought this was an adult novel. She did not know where it was going to go, but she did not intend to write a young author's novel from what I had read. That was just where it got placed based on its 
content. Like that's who it took hold with was young adults, a la the turgid Don. Like you wrote this book as a character, but your view of sexuality, your character's view <laughs> was was so uh juvenile. Yeah, and that it appealed to only 13 Exactly, and that's what happened. It spread like wildfire because her adult view of sexuality through the Mormon faith was so much so <laughs> atrophied that it, basically a 26-year-old woman or whatever she was when she wrote this it, in Mormon religion is on par with a 13-year-old like a secular. Yeah, secular girl. You know, like they even up in their understanding of human sexuality. Pa- <clears throat> page 445. Okay, yes. She's describing that other vampire. Okay. What's his the guy who's James. going after her? James. Jake James. James. The hunter. <clears throat> right. He's so not, Edward has not received a, a lot of First of all, can but- we just stop this? He is he's not a hunter, he's a tracker. Anyway, keep going. He's a tracker. <laughs> She's describing James the tracker. Uh, There was no menace in his face or stance. He was so very average looking. Nothing (laughs) remarkable about his face or body at all. (laughs) This guy's on the verge of killing you. He's pretty average looking. Not an Edward. But I will say, I will say that I did scream through this book because it was very easy. I read one night, I read 200 pages so because of that, I will give it seven out of 10 pairs of bootcut jeans. <laughs> Andrew? Andrew, what about you? I give it one out of 20 vampire fangs. <laughs> Plastic or, or real? Can I ask? <laughs> costume. Costume prop. Can I ask a question, bringing it back onto track? This is the Grolic Saves the World. We try to better ourselves through these challenges. And we our challenge was to read... A tr- admittedly trite, terrible book that we all kind of found stupid, but that's very popular. What do you think? Did this make us better? Was this a good venture? I don't fucking know. It was certainly fun to talk with you dudes about, but like, give me a break. What? What is this? What have we learned? What have we better? I think. I think what I've learned from this is that much like comedy, we all get upset in stand up at the comics that people like or exalt to the top, and we're like, really that that person, that comic. Yeah. And it's the same with book. And it's because I do believe that this is clearly not a book for book aficionados. This is not a book for people (laughs) who read a lot. It's true. And I'm not saying that those are people who are stupid. I think this is a book when you've worked a long week or you're a middle school student and you're starting to get into reading longer books (laughs) or you're somebody. My first chapter. Okay, exactly. No, but I, it's, or maybe you're a farmhand that got kicked in the head by a mule. <laughs> no, what I think is there are sometimes just um, comedy, there are movies, there are books that people put on because it's easy to read, because it doesn't, you don't have to, it's easy to tune out and to just read it and to just forget about the world and you don't have to put too much or any thought into it at all. And I think that there, when you're an aficionado, we're super critical of stand-up comedy because of that. And when I see some hack and I'm like, this is who you like as a comic? Like, this is what makes people laugh? Subscribe to our Patreon and Ben will name the names of those people. <laughs> He's talking about me. He's talking about me. <laughs> um, but no, I just think that I, what I learned from it is that it's not that a hundred million people on the planet are stupid or ignorant. It's just a lot, a hundred million people on the planet I don't feel our regular readers. So they're looking for something that they, 
that they don't have to. Wow, Ben just called out a significant portion of the planet. A hundred million leaders. out of seven and a half billion people is not a significant portion of the population. <laughs> Andrew, you're an asshole. No, but I do think that there's a certain extent of like a certain type of art that people consume because it's not challenging. So then it was good in that it t- that it helps you to realize, hey, these people just have these the supermarket trash and that is good for them. And hey, yeah, I mean, it's not you can't say that that many people are stupid. It's just not it's not it. It's just some people like to listen to garbage music because it doesn't challenge them like they have bad. Sometimes you turn on a bad record and you listen to it because it just feels good. It hits you in that right spot. And I'm not going to question it too much. This is a novel. This is also this is literary Nickelback. That's what Twilight is. It was, <laughs> yeah, but and also like it was like a cultural phenomenon. So just because a hundred million people bought the book doesn't mean a hundred million people thought it was a good book. That just means that many people were like, "I'll check this book out." Everyone's been talking about it, so you know maybe a hundred and seventeen people loved the book. <laughs> the <rest. laughs> Here was my. <laughs> Here was my takeaway from it. It actually was good for me to read it, surprise, surprisingly enough, because I'm always like hypercritical of, of my own efforts, whether it's writing something or drawing or whatever, whatever it is. I'm always like the harshest critic of it. And, I, and after reading this, I was like, I should put more <laughs> com- confidence into the things that I'm doing. I should, these like ridiculous novels uh, that, that I've written it might be time to go back and take another look <laughs> under the hood and maybe maybe I could find a uh, a, a side fire exit that's been propped open and <laughs> try to sneak try to sneak try to sneak no, in was, and watch your novel it while was, it sleeps <laughs> <laughs> but it was like I was like I should be less critical of the things that I'm doing and have more confidence in them uh, based on if this is going to be a phenomenon and it and it's and it's just piss. Okay, and that's a good lesson. More work, Adam, as the yeah. only actual uh, published author of the group. What did you learn from this? <laughs> I don't think I learned much other than I continue to find it so funny when forty-something men read and do things that are meant for teenage girls. <laughs> I just think, so like as, as yet another growing inside joke amongst us three, it, it was very valuable to me for that. Other, other than that, this served no purpose, made me dumber. I wish I had read another book instead of this book, but I'm glad I can tweet. I am glad I can text you guys twilight memes now. Forever and, and, yeah. and I yeah. will say, I'll say that if it was quality, I would have a different opinion. I can like, I can separate, I can make that distinction of like, oh, this just like isn't for me. But this book was just bad. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's in addition to not being aimed at me, it's also a poorly written. Yeah, there are plenty of YA authors and female authors that cater to romance or to, I mean, Anne Rice. I read a lot of Anne Rice books when I was a teenager because I liked, uh, I loved the movie Interview with a Vampire. So I started reading those books. She's a fantastic writer. Anne Rice is a terrific writer. I never read those. Uh, um, I just hated the idea of them. But anyway, what I wanted to ask too is <laughs> what did you do afterwards? What's the book you picked up right afterwards to cleanse your palate? Well, I just finished it last night, so I haven't okay. yet. I think I'm going to play about eight to 10 hours of modern warfare and try to give my brain a good uh, uh, Brillo pad scrubbing. <laughs> 
I I, ch- I chucked my way through two New Yorker magazines <laughs> to just get the taste out of my mouth. Yeah, I read get some fiber. You got to put some fiber into the diet. Yeah, dude. I I, I went back to the veggies after your, the old. Some of your buffet. bourgeois Brillo pad to scrape the inside I of did, your brain. Man. I did. I I immediately threw the book. I have a used book pile, like a a red book pile for this year. I chucked it into that, and then I picked up all the pretty horses. And started reading that, and was that was it just hard for your brain to like make that sort of adjustment to the two writing styles? Oh no! From light filtering and greenly to like the sagebrush <laughs> esuient as it was effluent. <laughs> like was, no, it's like what no? Because all the pretty horses isn't written like that. Fan fucking tastic! It's the perfect thing. It's like eating only. Uh, gas station burritos for a full month and then having the crispest, most fresh salad. You know, I'm just eating a salad <laughs> and I'm chewing it and I'm like, I feel good. I'm energized. So yeah. Yeah. It's like coming, coming back from yeah. tour and just washing all that yeah. off. Of you. The light from filters s- greenly through your salad. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> from, from, from Stephanie Meyer to Cormac McCarthy, we provide it all for you here on the Grolic Saves the World. If you have guilty pleasures yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to share, you should uh, tweet them at us and let us know what you've read that's a similar vein to Twilight and what you and your friends thought. We'd love to hear about that. We're going to listen to some comedy. This is a young comedian in Denver named Lily Ostberg. Ben and I did a show that she was on, and we were blown away. Prodigy, we, in my mind. It's, it's, she's a prodigy. Her, to be on the Grolix, whatever Twilight is, she's the opposite of, and you're going to love her. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so listen to this clip to wash this away from our brains. But I would like to close with three sentences, four sentences that I think really sum it all up. <clears throat> About three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love. Enjoy some comedy, y'all. Wow. Um, I got my first period of the winter on November 24th, and I've had it ever since. So I hate to brag, but I'm the chosen one. I'm very lucky. I'm so blessed. Um, But honestly, once you've been on your period as long as I've been on my period, it really do be looking like something was cooked inside of you. Right? Like, God just sautéed up some grape jelly and threw it out of my vagina. You guys don't know the accuracy of that, but we'll move on. Anywho, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I am 17. I'm 17. Thanks. I had to tell the whole, like, mentioning my, my vagina thing before I told you I was 17. Because you'd get uncomfortable and think you're a pedophile. And I just saved you the effort and made you a pedophile without you knowing. So. Right? Hell yeah. Um, being 17 is the shits. I hate it so bad. Um, I don't know if you remember being 17, but it sucks. Um, but I'll do a quick impression. Uh, this is my impression of every male comic I meet when he finds out I'm 17 for the first time. Okay. When's your birthday? (laughs) Right? Isn't that 
also cool. I love that question. Um, I, as a young person, don't know why we're still nice to old people. Um, they're not nice to us. Like, why do we have to respect them? They ruined everything for us. Like, old people tell millennials that they're lazy, but what old people think about my generation, they're like, they're not even real human beings, okay? They were raised by the internet. As far as I'm concerned, that is a robot. <laughs> you don't have to have conversations face-to-face, -face, right? I guess, I don't know. Um, you know, like you're hanging out with your grandpa and he's like, get off your damn phone. It's like, grandpa, my phone's not racist, okay? <laughs> If my phone becomes racist, I can turn it off. <laughs> a function that you do not have. Um, I cannot unplug you yet, sir. <laughs> hey, do you love the Grawlix Saves the World, but are sad because you're not getting enough of it? Boy, do I. Well, great news. You can get all sorts of bonus content on our Patreon. Like what? Tell them, Ben. Act 4. Ad-free episodes, birthday shout-outs, exclusive merch, stronger, more painful erections, our pod within a pod, boy crazy, decreased A1C levels, photos and videos, bonus content, and so much more. Okay, I'll do it. No, kick to me. Say, how do I, how do, I do it? How do I sign up? We're not trying to sell it to you, Andrew. You don't have to. Jesus. Oh, well, I mean, it sounded good. Okay, how do I sign up then? <sighs> Fuck it. You can sign up now by visiting patreon.com forward slash Grolic Saves. I do want to sign up. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're back and uh, what an episode. And this, of course, is normally when we plug upcoming shows or events that we have going on. Um, but as many of you know, comedy's dead. <laughs> Adam. And with it, our careers, which makes our Patreon all the more important. Those of you who are supporting us on Patreon, thank you so much. It means the world to us. And if you're not, think about it. We got all sorts of cool bonus content. This week, I'm talking about my my Peloton usage. I mean, you don't want to miss out on a sweet ACH Peloton story. Sign up for Come the on. sign up for the Patreon. Pa Peloton <laughs> on Patreon, guys. Get with it. We've been giving away <laughs> coffee mugs and pint glasses and trucker, trucker hats, t-shirts, knives, various weapons, no all Grolix themed. So get on Patreon and see what you can get. <laughs> you can also listen and subscribe for free anywhere you enjoy podcasts. Uh, it totally helps us out if you rate and review it. I mean, obviously, only if you're giving us a good review. If you don't like it, then just move on, you know? Don't... Fuck off. Why belabor <laughs> yourself with a one-star Move on. Review? We're not for you. We don't like you either. <laughs> Check us out on, on social media at Grolix Comedy. As always, a huge thank you to Vampire Sex Bot. Uh, and stalwart werewolf supporter. He is definitely team. What's the, what's the, uh, the one's name team. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, We've already lost too much brain power on this episode. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, thank you to Ron Doyle for all your amazing work producing this podcast. He makes it happen. <laughs> Thanks, Our baby. theme music as <laughs> always is provided by the handsome and prolific Charlie continental. And what are we doing? What's the next challenge? Literally no idea. How about this? We play D&D. &D. Mm. Oh, man. Adam is going to love this. Adam, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. I want, I want you to just pause and let them hear my sigh. 
<laughs> this is going to be so fun. That was a meaty one. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, and I, 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 I know I overstate this every time, and I know you're upset when I say it, but this is my favorite part of the show. It's the only reason I do this show anymore. It's because I get to say, play us out, Charlie. Charlie.